Well, hello and welcome to the Profit Express. I'm Tim Healy and I'm inviting you to join me each and every Wednesday so you could be prepared to win the battle for business. That's right. So thanks for being on board today. And of course, a big thanks to our friends and sponsors, Corbett Public Relations, where they've been promoting and protecting businesses and brands for over 30 years. So do yourself a favor. Visit Bill and his team at CorbettPR.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T-P-R.com. Welcome aboard, everybody, and it is time to win the battle for business. Now, I am about to read a quote from today's guest in the book he has written. Today's guest is Anthony Butler. His book is Primal Storytelling, Marketing for humans. Let me get a good shot in there. Oops. Okay, there we go. And I want to read this quote. I'm going to start off reading a quote, which I normally don't do, but this to me perfectly sets the tone for the show today. And Anthony says in his book, if you were to watch YouTube 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the next 82 years, you would just barely finish watching all the new video content uploaded in the last hour. How is let that sink in? I and he shares his quote early in the book. I read it. I'm like, and I read it twice. It is an astonishing number. Twenty four hours a day, seven days a week for eighty two years, and you will have just watched the video content uploaded to YouTube in the past hour. Now, man, oh, man, think about that. And that's just video content. And another fact he shares in the book, there's 1.5 billion websites globally. So I know I represent a lot of the listeners. I'm a small business owner like you with Healy Success Solutions. I host the Profit Express, the podcast, and it's up to me to brand my business. It's up to me to brand the show. And sometimes when I hear statistics like this, and we haven't even talked about other social sites like Instagram and TikTok, blah, 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 blah. It's like I almost don't want to get out of bed sometimes. It's almost depressing, but it can't be. It can't be. So you're listening. You face the same challenges I and every other small business owner out there does. You have a brand that you love, that you're passionate about, that you're committed to, that you want to get out there. And it's not going to be about being depressing today or feel like you're spitting into the ocean and making no difference. No, no, no. Today I want to share my guest's message. Again, my guest, Anthony Butler, his book, Primal Storytelling, Marketing for Humans. And he talks about how stories are probably one of the best ways to capture human attention. So I know selfishly I'm looking forward to today's interview with Anthony. I'm reading the book. Again, it's a great read. I absolutely recommend it, Primal Storytelling. So it's a pleasure to have on The Profit Express, Anthony Butler. How are you today? Well, hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I'm doing well. No, listen, my pleasure. Um, you know, it's I, I don't want to start like it's it's depressing, but as, as the business owner, when you're up against so much in these tidal waves of content and content, whether it's video, whether it's, you know, uh, social media, it, it, it can be a little daunting, it, you know. Um, <laughs> so when books like yours come across my desk, it's like, OK, I'm personally interested. I know it would make a great topic for the show. 
So here, here's my let, let, let's start with this. I have had on other authors who've written about storytelling over the years. Okay, uh, storytelling is one of the you know our original forms of communication, as I, I'm sure you'll talk about. But you talk about Anthony primal storytelling. What what is the impact of the word primal on storytelling? Yeah, so you know, starting with that intro is that we're trying to cut through all this noise. And mm -hmm. one of the things that everyone is struggling with is that, you know, you're not just competing with the business next door anymore. And when you get online, you're competing with the whole world and the right. attention of each individual. And what the primal part of storytelling came around and you know where it comes from is this idea behind evolutionary psychology. And if you think of like animals, animals have genetically coded behaviors. You know, they have instincts. So geese fly south for the winter. They don't go east. They don't go west. They don't go on vacation in Hawaii. You know, they, they do those things that they have to do. Squirrels right. gather nuts. With people, we don't have, you know, hard-coded instincts in the way that we used to because we have free will, but we still have those primal urges. And some of those urges are revolve around storytelling, and a lot of those, a lot of those urges revolve around who is in our tribe, you know, our family, our friends, you know, our small community of people that we are actually connected with. And so the primal part of it is really it's about connecting with a small group of people that you have something in common with, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's a very important concept. You know, and it's it's not just telling stories. We're not trying to write the great American novel. You know, I'm, I'm a small business. You're a small business. I think most of the audience is here. And, you know, what do small businesses want? They want to grow. They, they want to make sales. They want leads. Bottom line. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, and when, when you think of a small business and a small business marketing, we think of, okay, what are the business systems that we have? And what Primal Storytelling is, it's a system for a small business to implement a content marketing program that's going to connect with a niche audience that, you know, there's some story structures, there's some primal urges and emotions mm -hmm. that they can use. And so we can get more leads and we can grow, you know, and one of the issues that you have is there is so much content is that you have to create content that's for a very small audience. Like, so like think of your podcast and, and who it's for, and then think of all the people it's not for. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a 50-year-old guy. I, for, for 20 years, I've been studying Brazilian jiu-jitsu and fighting, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's my passion. It's my hobby. I own a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school. I teach jiu -jitsu, I probably teach 10 classes of jiu-jitsu a week, right? Wow. Well, I consume everything about fighting in the UFC and jiu-jitsu. So I watch all the fights. I watch all the matches. I subscribe to all these things so I can see them in real time. If you send me a message that's about jiu-jitsu, I'm probably going to read it. I, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to answer. I'm, I'm going to respond. I'm, I'm a, I am a hot buyer of everything jujitsu <laughs> right now. My 70 year old mom, you know, who's a little old lady, she doesn't care about jujitsu at all. Like she knows right. I'm in jujitsu. I try to tell her about it. She's like, you're wrestling, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> she cares about gardening. She cares about all of her grandkids. She, she cares about, you know, she's with my, my wife and, you know, they're planting her yard and, you know, 10,000 different kinds of flowers and th that kind of stuff. Very different interests, 
we're not the same group. Right. Like, like she and I are not in the same, you know, we don't have any of the same interests. Okay. And, and I think that is the number one problem that a lot of businesses fall into is they create content. Who is the content really for? What are they trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And I, I think most of them, they fall into kind of this, 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 this rut. And it's why the, the subtitle of the book is marketing for humans is where they're like, okay, we got to be part of the online conversation. So um, I know Google, the bot is going to come to our website and we're going to do SEO. And so then they publish all these blogs that no one would ever in their right mind want to read. There's no Wait, okay. insight. Okay, wait, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject. <laughs> Hold on. because this. So that was actually one of my other questions because, again, the subtitle of the book, Primal Storytelling, Marketing for Humans, it almost seems like an oxymoron. Of course you're going to market to humans. And one, you just mentioned, you know, all this content that's created that's boring. Are marketers today creating content more with, you know, analytics and algorithms in mind than human beings? So you just hit on one of the biggest scams of our time. <laughs> and that's like, think back just a few years ago and there were thousands and thousands of these SEO companies around the country and they all had the same model. Oh, we'll, we'll fix the technical SEO on your website and, and we'll get you backlinks, you know, and they're going to third world countries and they're hiring these backlink farms and, you know, they're <laughs> sending all these junk backlinks to your website, you know, mm -hmm. and people did that. Lots of big companies do that. To sure. this day, there are still companies that Google is penalizing them for having toxic backlinks. Okay. What's happened is a lot of companies fell into the trap of trying to create content for the search engines, trying to game the search engines, trying to get more search engine optimization, you know, SEO. Well, you don't build an audience like that because right. no real right. person wants to read that content. Go on some of these big corporate blogs and just read, just read some of the articles. And you're like, who is this for? And I, I predict right. now that chat GPT is out and you can crank out an SEO heavy article and, you know, in five seconds, if you read some of the stuff that it's, that, that chat is, you know, is, is coming up with, it's, it's awful. You know, real people who are creating insight content that is valuable, that is right. consumable, that makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It brings you into yeah. a story. Yeah. yeah. That's what's going to move the needle. You know, okay, so my, my whole, my whole thing is quality over quantity. So you, man, this, this conversation could go in a million directions already. And we just started. So there's obviously the chat GPT conversation right now. All right. Here, here's oh, yeah. a personal side story. My wife and I were shopping at Whole Foods like a month ago, and the the cashier, this young woman, she's twenties, early twenties, very sweet. And I don't know how it came up exactly, and Chat GPT came up, and she said, "She's like, yeah," and like her face got depressed, and she's like, "I'm a journalism major. Um, I'm 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 nervous. I don't know what to do." So here you have a human being who wants to go into the, the field of study of journalism and, the, and the, the art of journalism, and she's already thinking maybe it's something I don't want to get involved in. So is technology just completely turning humans off from even you know being creative and, and relying on chat GPT? So, Anthony, so you got my head spinning already to, here. 
Yeah, you know, and this is kind of a sidebar of the main conversation, yeah. but I, I want to talk about this exact thing. You know, in, in 2022, you know, my company, we helped produce hundreds and hundreds of articles and blogs and thousands right. and thousands of social media posts and white papers and things. What I can tell you is think of ChatGPT like the evolution of tools for cutting down trees. Okay. Mm. So back in the day, you know, we had a, a wedge axe and mm -hmm. we would sharpen it, you know, and you're chopping all day to chop down one tree. Right. And then eventually you came up, they came up with a double saw. And then after that, you know, modern times we come up with chainsaws and then we come up with machines and robots. Think of chat GPT as an assistant to writing because it, it right now it's not at the point where it can create really insightful insightful kinds of blogs, insightful articles and social media posts. Mm. Um, when you think about quality and making connections, it just doesn't do that. What it does is it's very good of creating logical, logical structures in a sentence, but it, it can't self edit. It's so, I, so my son is in my business with me and right. really smart, super genius, right? And he's like, we're going to use chat and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cut the cost of our blogs in half. We're going to, we're going to be able to reduce our entire author program. I was like, okay, we'll see. Let, right. Create some articles. Let's see what you get. Right. Well, what he got was articles that sounded really good, but were completely in wildly inaccurate. All the facts were wrong. So some of the ideas didn't make sense because it's, it's pulling information from different things and it's structurally putting them, you know, all the words are in English, but they just don't make sense. And, but what I will say is you can write something and upload a paragraph, upload a page mm -hmm. and ask it to rewrite it for you in a different voice. And you can get some really nice, you can get some really nice touches. You can get some polish by doing that. Really? You can ask it to summarize something for you. It's, it's ability to summarize is you know, it's, 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 it's amazing. Um, there's definitely applications for it. But I think of it as another writer's tool. So back in the day, Microsoft came up with Word for Windows, right? And, yep. you know, before that, we had kind of these, these tablets that would help you type things. But Word has, you know, they have corrections in it. You can, it has spell check. It's got some yeah, grammar check yeah. in it. It's not perfect. It's, it's pretty good. It's an assistant to help you write faster and to help you organize your thoughts. I, I have another tool I use. I use Scrivener. You know, it's a different software. It's for writing books and articles and plays and things like that. And all of these tools, they don't write for you. They assist you in writing. They assist you in creating something meaningful. And I, and I think that's where chat is headed for a while. It's, it's another big evolution before it, it's going to replace journalism. Um, that's not happening well, anytime it's soon. It's not there now, so. but but we know the evolution of technology. And from what I've heard, and I don't want to go too far down chat GPT, right. but I, I just think that it, it could very well get to the point where it's it's you can't distinguish between who, you know, was it a human who wrote it or was it, or was it chat GPT? Um, and I think, and I think you're right get there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah, yeah. what I fear. So, but in the, in the book, you, you said something that was very interesting, caught my attention. And you said that despite the advances in technology, the nature of human beings and our emotional makeup has not changed, really has not changed from our ancient ancestors 
to modern humans. Really? Yeah. You know, think, think about, think about the time span it takes for a species to adapt and change. You know, we're, we're talking about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of years. Okay. I, I use right. that example in the front of the book about my, my great grandfather, Charles Butler. Okay. He's born in 1898 and at his 90th birthday, he basically went from the stone age because he was born in a house made out of hound hewed logs with a, a hand dug well, born at home. And he experienced the entire industrial revolution, you know, indoor plumbing, the television, radio, oh, the computer, you know, computers, the right, space right. shuttle, the moon landing all in one lifetime. Okay. And when you talk to him, when, and, and all the way up until he died, you know, he lived on the same ranch. He wore the mm -hmm. same clothes. He ate the same food that he had for almost 100 years. But wow. the um, enormous technological changes that went on around him, okay, that changed. The people didn't change. We're the same. And if you go back, I, I have an enormous marketing library. And I have ads from back during the Civil War. They, yeah, they're running yeah. in newspapers all around and it's the same stuff. <laughs> you know, the, the problems have changed a little bit. The language has changed a little bit, but right. The hyperbole, the, the sales process, you know, Hey, send us your information and we'll send you information. <laughs> you know, it's, it's basically a, an old school landing page, you know, from the 17, 1800s. Um, mm -hmm. It hasn't changed a bit. We, so we've just even... changed the communication strategy. Right. So the strategy, the technology changes, but, but humans and our, our decision-making process, because again, you know, me being in the world of sales, you know, you know, we always talk about decisions are made emotionally, you know, we kind of justify them and rationalize right. them intellectually. So that, you know, how humans are wired emotionally has not changed, which is, which is very interesting because I think we've gotten so caught up in digital, in social media, algorithms, et cetera. Now, let, let, let's take it back a step. Again, the person listening is the owner of a law firm, a restaurant, or maybe a small manufacturing company. And I'm a believer that every human being on the planet has a story to tell. I also believe every, every company has a story to tell. Even if you're a law firm, I know lawyers might not always think that they have something fun to say. So... Let's talk about how you kind of construct. I know it's hard to do in a, in, in a short period of time on a podcast, but what are some of the key elements that somebody who really hasn't tried to tell their story, their business story, where do they begin? So the first step is always to think about who your tribe is. Who are you writing for? Who, who are you trying to connect with? You know, what, what is their demographics and then most importantly what are their psychographics like like what would connect them to you what is it they want what, what are their hopes and dreams and when you understand that audience that makes all of the rest of the stories that you're going to tell and the way that you're going to connect with them a lot easier and better you know and i i, I would argue this this whole controversy with bud light right now is just an absolute disconnect with the marketing team and bud's leadership team 
on understanding who their market actually was. You know, I say was because it looks like they're losing it and they, they're really in a bad way right now. <laughs> you know, and it, it's clear to me that the marketing manager, she didn't understand the audience. Right. She didn't. And you can even see in some of the interviews that she did, she's like insulting the very people who were buying Bud Light, you know, and I, I was like, that's a really strange thing to do. Let, let's let's insult the people who give us money. You know, let's start there. That, that's that's just not the way to grow. So <laughs> step one is you got to understand your audience. You have to really, really deeply know who they are. And, and how do you do that is you gather data about them. You write down the kinds of people that they are, you know, where do they go to school? What kinds of problems are they having? What's the commonalities? You know, like I was mentioning, I, I'm a Brazilian jujitsu fanatic. Well, that's a defining trait of my personality. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, how many other Brazilian jujitsu fanatics are out there and how many of them love fighting and like, like UFC and, you know, all the other channels out there and go to fights. And there's a lot of us. It's, it's a, it's a sub market. It's not for everyone. Right. Sure. sure. And every business has this problem. And I, I would say, you know, I audit a lot of companies every year and I, I, you know, I become a fractional CMO for companies is that often when I go in and I start auditing a company, they, they want to market to everybody because they say, well, anyone could buy what we have. And like law firms, they fall into this trap all the time. And I've had some law firm clients is that they think because they practice law in a certain niche, that anyone who needs that niche should be their client. And it's just not the case, especially if you're in a big city like New York, where there's a law firm on every corner right. and there's a huge number of cases going on is like, you've got to niche down. You got to find a specialty and then find a unique way of connecting with that audience that is going to be helpful to them. Is you I know, think that's stop a pretty thinking common, so much about yourself. I, I I think that's a very common trap a lot of businesses fall into. They think they're losing sales by not, you know, trying to be you know something for everybody. They think they're just walking away from business when you know as you were saying earlier, like you know again. You gave yourself as an example, you know, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, uh, MMA, UFC, very focused, very niche. But in so much like, you know, from traditional marketing and advertising and broadcast media, people were buying eyeballs that would never be relevant to, to your product or service. And I think that one of the great things, you know, with digital, with technology you, you correct me, you're, you're the expert here, where it makes the ability to identify the tribe a lot easier. Is that accurate? So you're, you're exactly right, Ex okay. especially when you're thinking of ROI and ad spend. You know, we've, we've never been able to target more accurately. I would argue that no business should ever run a Super Bowl ad ever again. Like, <laughs> just because, because the inefficiency of spend it's just enormous, right? It's right, enormous. Right. You know, you're spending, you know, three, five million dollar, you know, three to five million dollars for a 20, 30 second piece. And what is the return on that spend? You know, it's, it's, it's why small brands and small businesses, you know, if you're under $50 million, you're not doing branding in, in terms of like big brand advertising. That just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Okay. Because we want, we want efficiency from our ad dollars. 
And content marketing is exactly the same as you want to think of it with an ROI. Now it, it's it's a little longer ROI. You've you've got mm -hmm. different channels. Like like how do you calculate the effect of your podcast on your business? Well, it, it's difficult to say. Okay, this one episode got me all the customers. Well, it doesn't really work like that because you publish a right. hundred episodes. And people get into the habit of listening to you and starting to build a relationship. And then one day they're like, oh, you know what? I need, I need that. I, I need right. to give him a call. I, I need to reach out. And, and yeah. you make a connection. But that trust gets built over time. It's not during a 30-second commercial. I mean, it, right. just, it just isn't. Now, so. All right. So if, if we talk about, you know, we'll just use, we'll continue to use the, the law firm example. Choose whatever one you want. But... If, you know, you, you talked about they have to, you know, you have to know your tribe. You have to know who you're going after. Um, and again, you say you're not really branding until you're a $50 million company. So there's a lot of companies listening who are very high six figures. Maybe they're themselves in one person or maybe a couple million, 10 million, whatever. What do you, the story itself, I, I think that could be, a challenging thing for somebody to create. Where do you begin to create a story to tell? I don't even know if that question so makes sense. It, it makes total sense. You know, we're not talking about writing a Stephen King novel or a, a folk tale like Little Red Riding Hood. That's not the kind of stories we're talking about. What I'm talking about is creating structures. Think of it like your favorite, your favorite TV show. Mm -hmm. And there's a theme for a whole season. And then each episode itself is encapsul encapsulated. So like myself, okay. I market how I market a system of how to do content marketing. That's, that's what I'm selling. Right. Okay. And so if you follow me, if you read what I'm saying is like, I'm telling stories about myself, my life, some of my most viral content, like especially on LinkedIn, are personal things that I've published that my audience connects with on a, at a mm -hmm. human level. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I have one of my best performing posts of all time was, you know, my, my youngest son. He, he's a talented kid. He's, he's real stubborn. And <laughs> he was on swim team and he was swimming. And I went and he, I think it was, it was some vacation that he had. And anyway... So they were having early morning practices and the practices start at like seven o'clock in the morning. Right. And I went and I woke, I woke him up early and I'm like, Hey, you're going to practice. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to sleep in today. I'm going to skip practice. And I was like, no, you're not. You're going to practice. You committed <laughs> to the team. You're going to go to practice. Right. And I saw it. So then he's, you know, he's a little kid. So he's like, it's all mad and I hate you. And you know, you're a bad dad and all that stuff. <laughs> and so I posted on LinkedIn, you know, which is a business site, right? It's not yeah. Facebook. It's not Twitter. It's, it's, it's a, it's a business networking, a business social media. Right. For sure. And I just posted this, you know, just a short description, maybe 250 words, just describing like this little interaction <laughs> I had with my son. And I, I wrote in there, I was like, my son told me he hates me today. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and then I just explained, I was like, you know, as a dad, one of my duties is to make my son do what he said he would do. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and just like in business, like we do what we say we do. Like if you want to be in business for a long time, you do the things that you say you'll do. It's like, a, it's a core tenant of being an adult. Right. 
that post went crazy and, and I, I, it wasn't planned at all. It wasn't like something I'd put in the plan that post I, hundreds and hundreds of comments and really, you know, people, people in the comments arguing about, was it a good thing for me to make him go? Or should I have, should I let him have free will? Or, you know, what was I being too hard? You know, I went to West Point, I was in the army. Am I hard? Am I too much hard on my sons? You know, that kind of right, stuff. Right. And it was just an, it was a surprise. But what I can tell you, even on a business networking site, everyone's still human. You know, there's a lot of dads out there that have teenage kids that they're, you know, they're headbutting with. So my point is, you find little mini stories, and they don't all have to be personal, and connect them to your audience. Right, right. You know, so a, a law firm, there's lots of things they can do, talking about the kinds of people that they help, the, the problems that they solve. Yeah. And then you start to think bigger about your content. And it's what I call non-relevant content. Non-relevant content is when, as a brand, we produce something that's for our audience that may not have anything to do with what we do in the core of our business. Okay, so I'm a marketer. I help, I help people make more sales. Sometimes I help sales teams like develop their sales stories. Okay, I'll post about fitness. I, I've, I do a whole piece. I have a, I have a set of bonuses with the, that come with a book. And one of those bonuses is on mindset and it's on managing yourself and like how to be really productive, how to be really creative over a long, long period of time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how am I qualified to do that? Well, in another life, I'm a master fitness trainer. I Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. I, you know, I've done some extreme sports, you know, I was, it, I did sports in high school. I did sports in college. And now I'm a lot older and I'm still way more fit than most people my age. <laughs> and so it, it's a, it's, it's not a brag, but when I talk about those things, my audience who a lot of those guys are just like me, or maybe they're a little younger and they're trying to figure things out. It helps them, even though it has nothing to do with them buying a marketing service from me or you know, right. registering for my mastermind or for a certification. Well, Anthony, you know, as, and as you're telling that story about your son, you know, he's in bed. I don't want to go to practice today. As you're telling that story, I immediately think of, I, I have a son, Magnus, he's 14. He plays baseball and you, you, uh, you can relate to this. All dads listening can relate to this, you know, uh, when I get on top of him about, you know, you know, getting good night's sleep, exercise, stretching, whatever it is, I get eye rolls. You know, right. And so, but, but again, you're sharing a story and I immediately had that connection and, you know, yep. the same thing, cause you're, you know, marketing and sales were obviously connected and, you know, it's been proven and you certainly are well aware of this, that, you know, people will retain a story over any data that you give them over any That's bar right. graphs and stats and percentages and, you know, yep. and, and that's why a book like yours, Primal Storytelling, you know, I know is so powerful. Now, let, let's talk about this. So one thing that you shared in the book that I, I, again, caught my attention was you say that social pressure is powerful. You know, you talk about referrals and, and uh, you talk about, you know, fear of missing out and how important referrals can be, et cetera. Um, is social pressure today? Because there was still there was social pressure, you know, when your grandfather was was growing up at the turn of the century. But 
do you think that social pressure today, 2023, is more impactful because of digital and social media? I would say it is even more powerful today than before mm. because we're inundated with it. You know, and, and think about Instagram as an example. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a study done on young girls' use of Instagram mm -hmm. and it increases their depression. It increases their Ugh. inferiority complexes. It, it, it has all of these negative consequences yep. because of these, you know, these just wildly um, doctored photos that they, they seem like they're the norm. And, you know, they're just not these idealistic bodies, these idealistic images. And, you know, the seven deadly sins are ancient, right? They're, they're not anything new. Mm -hmm. And envy is one of those. Envy harms us. <laughs> and when you start to see all those things and like, oh, well, I, I'll give you an example. My, my son, he's in my business and he, he graduated high school when he was 16, really smart kid. Um, and he's like, hey, I don't want to go to college. I want to start a business. And he's doing game design and he's he designed his own video game and did some, he did some mobile games. Okay. Wow. And so he works on his business for about nine, 10 months. And one day he comes into the office and he's really upset and he's depressed. I'm like, what, what's going on? What, what's, what's wrong? And he's mad because he's not a millionaire. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You're, you're, you've just turned 18. Right. You've been, you've been working for like nine months and you know, right. let, let's be real. He, he, he started working when he's 17 he's half-assed and like, he doesn't know what a 10 hour day it looks like. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and he's mad cause he's not a millionaire. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> You, you see all this get rich quick crap on oh, God. YouTube and on Instagram yep. and all this stuff. And, oh, let's, let's do drop shipping and, you know, sell, sell iPhone covers. And, and let's, <laughs> you know, we, we can create a, a YouTube channel and make it a hundred thousand dollars a month. Okay. Yes. Those outliers exist. Absolutely. It can be yep. done. But most of that is nonsense. Okay. Yeah. And when I start to talk to him about it and it's envy. And it's, it's this missing out and that like he yeah. doesn't have a, a real perspective on real world. Right. You know, so I start taking him on business trips with me to visit clients yeah. like real business people who are struggling to make, you know, I, I said to him, I was like, you know what? One of the worst. That's a great idea. Business, yeah. Oh, I, I told him, I was like, one of the worst moments in business is you make payroll Everyone in the business gets paid. You pay all the bills, but you don't pay yourself. All right. I don't know if you've ever had a month like that. I know a lot of entrepreneurs have. I have. And, you know, and, and I, I took him down there. To yep. Yes, absolutely. I took him down to Austin and I have a, a software client down there. And, and and Austin is kind of a, it's a hotbed of tech companies, right? Sure. So there's a lot going on. I, I love Austin. And, you know, this is a really successful uh, software company. They've been in business over 12 years and they're profitable and I'm trying to help them grow. And he comes and he sits in on some of the meetings and he's like, how are they in business? Like they don't have all the answers. Like you think after 12 years, you would know everything. I was like, exactly. No one knows everything. It's like, it's, right. it's why I keep telling you, it's like, you're so sure of yourself. You're so sure of all your answers, but you know what? Business is hard. We don't have a lot of answers. What we do is we, we try and we test, we throw things out. And we try again 
and we do some more. And the stories are very much the same way. I I lay out four structures that every that every company can tell. Mm-hmm. You know, the origin story, the transformation story, and um, the vision story. Those first three, and then value stories after that. And right. the reason I lay it out like that is so to answer exactly what you're just talking about is what can we do to tell our story and like, how do we do it? And I, I, you know, I'm a blue collar guy most of my life. Right. So I wanted to be like step by step by step. Here's the structure. Here's how you do it. This is the story that you're going to tell. And if you just follow that structure, you'll get a a structure that a story that will ring and it will absolutely work. Now you might have to test a few stories and and do it. Let let, let me ask you then. From from where you sit, okay, and your agency is can-do ideas. So from your perspective, being in this business, being the author of a book, what companies do you see today that when you observe their marketing, you say to yourself, they're getting it. They know how to tell a story. Is there an example that a lot of listeners could relate to? Who impresses you? So there, there's a lot of good marketing out there. You just have to kind of sift through all the nonsense. Um, <laughs> I, I, in, the, in the book, I use USAA as an example. You know, and they have a, a marketing program that I just love because one of the things they did is they thought deeply about who is their market, right? Right. Well, for, for decades, USA only insured officers all branches, but just officers. And then they expanded to NCOs and then they expanded to military members and now they're families. Okay. If you go on USAA, they have blogs, they have all kinds of content that if you even think you might go in the military someday, they're creating content that's just for you. You know, Hey, if you're thinking about joining the military and here's what the weight standard is, here's how you can lose weight so that you can make it into basic training. Here's, here's some, some tips wow. to get fit so you can pass the PT test. You know, here, here's, here's how to study for the test. You can get a higher score. You can get a better job when you go in the military. So USAA is thinking way ahead. And they're like, you know what? If you could be our client someday, we like you and we're, we're going to try to help you as much as we can. Even though we can't sell you anything right now, we're going we're gonna to set the stage that five years from now, you could become our client. Like how, how great of thinking is that? That's forward and thinking. Wow. It is. And, and they've spent an enormous amount of money investing in content that is for audio, lots of different audiences. And they've thought about every segment of it. So, you know, I've been with USAA since, oh my gosh, ni- the 90s, right? Maybe even the 80s. Um, I've had them, they have been my insurer that entire time. Okay. So 2023. So it's been yeah. over 30 years. I, I think there's a lot of military members that are like that with them. When I, 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 when I first got out of the army and I wanted to go and I wanted to buy a house, USAA, like, Oh, we, we can help you with a loan and we can do this. You know, my, my wife got pregnant. She, she was seven months pregnant with our first son. And this guy ran through a red light and broadsided her and totaled the car with her in the car. You know, it was just like terrifying time. I made one phone call and they took care of everything. And 
it, they didn't give me a hard time. You know, it was like this amazing customer service on the back yeah, end yeah. of it. Yeah. And then they had all of these resources for me as I transitioned out of the military. And they're like, oh, you're a homeowner now. Well, you need to think about this kind of insurance. And yeah. what about life insurance? What about whole life? You know, they, they do all these different things. And it's just well done. It just is. And so I guess I that's why really Rob Gronkowski is trying to get insurance with him. I'm sure. <laughs> right? Isn't, that, does, isn't he on one of the commercials, Gronkowski, with USAA? I, I thought he was. You know, I haven't be. seen that commercial. I'll have to look it up, but it could be. <laughs> Yeah, he is. I, I yeah. thought so. Okay. Um, Anthony, listen. The book again, Primal Storytelling, Marketing for Humans. And to me, in reading Anthony's book, it's a great reminder that we can't forget that we are marketing to humans. And one of the best ways to connect is with the story. And that's what Anthony's done such a great job today. Um, I'll leave you with this, Anthony. You have the listener. You know who they are. Um, they're, they're your customers, they're my customers. What, what, what's your one takeaway that you want to leave with somebody to make an impact, to have them embrace you know, the power of storytelling? What would you share with them? Think bigger about your content. Stop thinking about yourself and what you sell. Mm. Focus on the problems of the clients, okay? Focus, focus, focus on them. And then put together a system so that you're planning your content out months in advance. Mm -hmm. You're really putting some brain power into it so that you're publishing something that, that your audience will really love and they're going to consume and it's going to help them connect with you. You know, awesome. um, I have a, a free gift for everyone that's listening to this and it's, it's just go to primalstorytelling.com slash podcast. Mm -hmm. And you can get a, a free copy of the book there. And then I do seven bonuses on how to implement this system into your business. And, you know, I talk about how to use it for LinkedIn, how to use it for social, other social media channels. And, and just so that you can take it from being this idea to pragmatically implementing it into your business, you know, because awesome. I, I know, I, I mean, I, I do small business consulting all the time and like business is hard and it's not getting any easier this year. Right. <laughs> Like no, Unless I heard, yeah, I, I didn't get the memo that it's getting easier anytime. You know what? All the news is negative right now. And so it's it's the one time I would I, I think that business owners need to focus on sales and marketing more than ever because yeah. as things tighten up, you've got to be tight. And the businesses that are going to survive the next couple of years are going to be the ones that tell the best stories. And that's just the way it is. See, that's, that's how you end the show right there. That was, that was good stuff. It, it, it's about telling the best story when things get tight. Anthony, thank you so much for being on board the Profit Express today. I appreciate your time. Hey, I appreciate you, Tim. Thank you. You got it. And again, today's guest, Anthony Butler, author of Primal Storytelling. Yes, we're marketing for humans. Please don't forget. And of course, be on the lookout every Wednesday as we drop shows, just like the one I had with today's guest, Anthony Butler. And you're checking them out on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hit the, the, the subscribe button, the likes, the dings, all that kind of stuff. You know the deal. But more importantly, each and every day, do what you need to do. Dig deep. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. Do whatever is necessary to continue to win the battle for business. Until next time.